Hallelujah. We're looking to the word of the Lord from the book of Hebrews. As you're turning there, let me uh, mention to you that we are looking forward to again holding our family prayer this coming Saturday uh, at 9.30, from 9.30 to 11 o'clock. If you were able to be here at the first Saturday of November, then you know God moved mightily and blessed deeply. Amen. Brother and Sister Kelly brought a beautiful devotion and ministered mightily to the people of God. And we're going to come this coming Saturday morning, 9.30 to 11 o'clock for prayer, family prayer and family devotion. Amen. And you know what? Never, never have we needed to have more prayer than we need right now. Hallelujah. If you if you've been lax in prayer, it's time to, 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 to get out of being lax. Don't relax. Amen. Unlax. And let the Lord minister to you through prayer. And we're looking forward to a good time of family prayer on Saturday, 9.30 a.m. I'm reading from the book of Hebrews, and I, I want to take a few verses of Scripture here to see if we can gain some insight into the goodness of God through His Word. Hebrews chapter 2, beginning with verse 6. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor, and didst set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not Yet all things put under him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things. In bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Hallelujah. I want to speak to you from that first line out of the ninth verse of Hebrews chapter 2. But we see Jesus. I would like to speak to you on that subject. But we see Jesus. Could we look to the Lord in prayer for his word the delivery of his word today god we thank you for your goodness and your grace your mercy your great salvation i thank you today for every person that has gathered in this house i i ask that your word would have free course in the precious name of jesus i pray that you would move upon us help us O oh lord to draw nearer to you nearer to you nearer to you a deeper walk with you lord let your holy spirit fall upon us in a mighty way Hallelujah. We give you praise and glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, asking for an anointing in this house upon your messenger and upon your people. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. It is important to remind one another here and there, now and again, of the great importance of what we do and why we do it. 
We are the church of the living God. We are the people of God. We do not serve the, the ideas of this world. But we look for a city that hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. We are living according to the principles of a kingdom that is not of this world. A kingdom of heaven that when you are filled with his spirit, baptized in his name, already lives inside of you. This great city, this great kingdom of heaven has with it in the word of the Lord great and precious promises. And we need to remind ourselves of these precious promises. I want to read to you what John the Revelator said in the 21st chapter of the book of Revelation, verse 1. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Hallelujah. Verse number four. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death. Neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. That is the hope of glory. That is the precious promise of God for the believer. For the born again believer. This is the promise of God to those who are born of the water and of the spirit. Nicodemus asked Jesus, how do you do these miracles? For no man can do these miracles except God be with him. Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. He said to him, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit. He cannot see the kingdom of God. And this is important for us to understand. There's a reason why we preach repentance from sin. It's, it's not, it's not to, to be uh, uh, adversarial for the sake of being adversarial. We preach against sin and we preach repentance from sin. Because that's how you're going to be born of the water and of the spirit. When you repent from your sins, you then enter into baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. And when you are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you take on a new name. And the old name is passed away from you. And all of the deeds done in that name. And you take on a new name. We just sang about it. My past erased. My name changed. What we're saying is everything that I'm guilty of that would send me to hell, that is erased. But I've taken on a name that's above every name. Hallelujah. I've taken on the name of Jesus Christ. This is the name of the new covenant. 
Hallelujah. And all the promises associated with that new covenant are allowed to flow to me because I have taken on that new name. Oh, what a promise. Oh, what a beautiful truth that is. Hallelujah. And then you are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Hallelujah. This is the beautiful promise of God. And look what the revelator said about this city that we're seeking. This, this kingdom that we are living in and living in us. He said, in this kingdom, it is coming that there will be no more death. That he shall wipe all tears from your eyes. Now he also said there's no more crying. His statement that there is no more crying is actually different than his statement, he shall wipe all tears from your eyes. Those are two different promises. He shall wipe all tears from your eyes and there shall be no more crying. We sometimes equate them. But wiping all tears from your eyes doesn't simply mean there'll be no more crying. There'll be no more crying means there'll be no more crying. <clears throat> he shall wipe all tears from your eyes means he's going to go to every tear you've ever shed and he's going to resolve why you shed those tears he's going to bring peace to every circumstance that brought you sorrow he is going to remove all pain from your past he's going to remove all sadness from your soul he's going to remove everything you have ever experienced that has brought sadness and sorrow to your life that is the promise of this kingdom that we're living for and that we're talking about hallelujah imagine a kingdom where there is no more crying imagine a kingdom where there are no more tears and every tear you've shed has been reconciled and resolved and you've given peace to replace the tears imagine a kingdom where there is no more death imagine a kingdom where there is no more sorrow where there is no more pain why because the former things are passed away this is everything we live for this is everything we're doing we are here today so that we can remind ourselves this world is not our home we are passing through and that we belong to a kingdom of God we are a citizen of heaven Hallelujah. We belong to the Lord. We are bought with a price. We belong to this kingdom. That's the kingdom we live for. That governs our every step. That governs our every directive. Everything we say or do in word or deed. We do it all in the name of Jesus Christ. Because we belong to his kingdom. Hallelujah. And we are in this world as salt of the earth. We are in this world as a light of the world. We are in this world as a city on a hill that cannot be hid. Now we see ourselves as both a city on a hill. Jesus told us, you're a city on a hill. That means everybody ought to be able to look at you and see you for who you are. No hiding, no camouflage, no, no, no blending in just to get by. No, we are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. We are a city on a hill. When you look at us, you ought to be able to see who we are. In fact, when you come through the cut in the hill from, from northern Kentucky into Cincinnati, 
you're going to probably have to take a different route for the time being while the Brent Spence Bridge is under construction. But, but as you're coming up through the cut in the hill, that wonderful view of our beautiful city skyline. That's what the scripture's saying. You are a city on a hill. People need to be able to look from afar and see the goodness of God in your life. But you're not just a city on a hill. You are the salt of the earth. That means you, you got to get down in this earth. You're going to mix and mingle with, with the, the rudiments of this world. You're going to go down into the... you got to go to work. you got to interface. You've got to interact. But never lose sight of your identity. You belong to the kingdom of heaven. You are blood washed. You are sanctified. You are justified by the blood of the Lamb of God. You are filled with the Holy Ghost. You belong to Him. That is the kingdom that we are living for. A kingdom where there's no more sorrow. A kingdom where there's no more death. A kingdom where there's no more crying. And a kingdom where every ounce of sadness you've ever had has been healed and rectified. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It is a glorious kingdom. And this is a glorious church. And these are difficult times. But never look or never lose sight of who you are. John the Revelator is on the Isle of Patmos. He's in exile. He has experienced difficult persecution. Unfathomable persecution. He has watched his fellow apostles be martyred and murdered. And, and now here he is on this Isle of Patmos. And he tells us, there's a city where you're going to live forever. And you will never die again. Hallelujah, there's a city where your resurrected body will live without sadness and sorrow. Live for that city. Hallelujah. And he tells us this. And when we look at this, it's a glorious thing. But I have to tell you that this is a reflection of how it all started. Because God had this as his original plan all along. When God created man, he created man in his image. Male and female. He created man and woman in his image. He did so, ladies and gentlemen, with the, with the gifts of God flowing unto man. Gifts of authority, gifts of dominion, gifts of inheritance. All the earth belonged to man. Nothing that God had created did not, did not evade him. He was in dominion of it all. That's the way God created this earth. And man could never die. That was the whole thing. The only way man could, could die is if he was disobedient to God and entered into sin. That sin would bring death. That's the only thing that would bring death. Man enjoyed the, the great dominion that God would give him. From the book of Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28. We read what the word of the Lord says concerning the dominion that he placed upon man. He said... God blessed them. God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air. And over every living creature that moveth upon the face of the earth. The Bible says that man named every creature that was upon the earth. Man named it. And when man named it, he took dominion over it. Everything he named, he took dominion over it. 
This was the gift of God. The earth belonged to man. That's the way it was at the beginning. So we see this picture at the beginning of time. At the beginning of time, it's man created in the image of God. All things are subject unto him. Everything is under his feet. The fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, the earth is subdued. It's not a place where you can die. It's not a place where you are sad. It's not a place where you are sick. It's not a place where you are suffering. It's a place of pure joy. It's a place of total peace. It's a place of where God communes with man, where, where our heavenly Father lavishes us with gifts of plenty. That's the earth that God created. That's mankind that God created. And then we see it in the, the end of it all. Revelation 21, a place where there's no more sadness, a place where there's no more suffering, a place where there's no more sickness, a place where there's no more crying, there's no more pain at all, a place where every tear has been wiped from their eyes. So in the beginning we see it, and at the ending we see it. But in between, that's the issue. And that's where we're living right now. And that's what the Hebrews writer said. He said in one place it was said, hallelujah, that God made man a little lower than the angels. Hallelujah. He said he, said he made him a little lower than the angels and crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of thy hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, for in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that was not put under him. That's how God created this earth. Everything was under the foot of man. But now we see not yet all things under him. I, I'm looking at the way God created man. He gave him dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the beast of the field. There was no sickness that could make man die. There was no end to his days. There was no kind of a sadness that could overtake him. There was no kind of a natural disaster that man couldn't stop in its tracks. He had subdued the earth. That means he had subdued the wind and the water. He had subdued the, all things relative to this earth. Man had dominion over it. But that's not what we see right now. The writer of Hebrews is saying. He said, I, I look around me now and I don't see man with things subject unto him. I don't see man with all this authority and all this dominion. I don't see man able to, able to have authority over the things of this earth. I see, I see this earth having authority over man. I see man subject unto the earth. That's, that's what I see. When I look around, I see man slavishly given over to his lusts of flesh. The lusts of his eyes. The pride of his life. He has no self-control. He's addicted to everything that grows on this earth. Instead of him having authority over it, it has authority over him. Don't you, don't you misunderstand, ladies and gentlemen. When man is in bondage, it is a reversal of God's design and God's plan. 
When man is in bondage to his anger, that is a reversal of God's plan. When man is in bondage to tobacco, that is a reversal of God's plan. When man is in bondage to some kind of a plant or some kind of a, of a food, that is a reversal of God's original design. Man is not supposed to be subject to the earth. The earth is supposed to be subject to man. Man, we look around us and we don't see it. No, no, I'm looking at what the writer said. The writer said, what is man that you are mindful of him? He's talking about Psalm 8. The psalmist David said, what is man that you are mindful of him? And what is the son of man that you visit him? And you crowned him with glory and honor. And you made him a little lower than the angels. And, and I, I look around and I see that man is, is, is given all of this deference by God. God made him in his image. And he made him a little lower than the angels. But he crowned him with glory and honor. And everything on this earth is subject unto him but the writer of Hebrews says I look around and I don't see it I know it happened but that's not the picture we have today you look around our world ladies and gentlemen you see calamity you see tribulation you see persecution you see disease you see death you don't believe me just you, you don't wait till after service but you can check on the headlines on your phone the top four or five will be all about adversity and disease and turmoil and problems and fighting and suffering and sadness. Man is not in control on this earth. Man thinks he has control, but he's being controlled by the, by the prince of the power of the air. When did that happen? It all happened in the transaction of disobedience when Adam decided he would rebel against God. Eve was deceived, but Adam was disobedient, and Adam's disobedience brought sin into the world. It brought death into the world, and now we're living in a world where man is subject to the world instead of the world being subject unto man man is supposed to be in control of his own emotions man is supposed to be able to withstand the temptation of losing self control man is supposed to be able to control his own tongue man is supposed to be able to control his own thoughts man is supposed to be able hallelujah to live on and live on and live on but that's not the world that we see around us. Perhaps never was this more evident than in this year of 2020. It seems like an ancient thing of, of our history. For there to be a plague that would sweep across the globe. Like we've seen occur with this coronavirus. And, and, and uh, something of this magnitude that, that swept across our globe. And nobody had the answer for it. Nobody was able to say, yes I can fix this. I can do this. Man who believed he had an answer for everything. Learned that because of his sin and his disobedience for many hundreds and thousands of years his disobedience has has made him subject to the whims of this world this world has authority over man in his flesh man is going to go to his long grave he will go back to the earth from whence he came this is the reality of our matter but hebrews chapter 2 said while this calamity circles around us we see jesus 
Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I know there's coming a day when there's no death, no sorrow, no sadness, no sickness, no dying, no crying. And there's a day where there was no sorrow, no sadness, no sickness, no dying, no crying. But we're living in the here and the now. We're living somewhere between then and then. And we've got to understand our only hope is in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. When God looked upon the nature of this world that he created, he said, I'm going to come down into the form of a man I'm going to be made a little lower than the angels hallelujah and I'm going to taste death for every man you, you hear what I'm telling you when Adam committed the sin of disobedience he became subject to the law of sin and death the roles reversed he was no longer the great inheritor of the earth he was no longer the one who had subdued the earth and had dominion over the fish and the fowl and the cattle and the beast. He no longer was able to, to have dominion as he was designed to have. He was now subject to a law he allowed to enter into this world. The law of sin and death. And the only way to get out from under the bondage of this law of sin and death was for somebody, hallelujah, to be able to live a life without sin. A life without iniquity. A life without transgression of the law of God. A life of total perfection. And then Die, hallelujah. And no man could do it. No man could do it because all men have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God was manifest in the flesh. God was justified in the spirit. God stepped down into this world and he lived the life above reproach. There was no sin in him. There was no sin in the Lord. Hallelujah. When he walked this earth, he walked this earth as the Lamb of God with one purpose in mind, to take away the sins of the world. You notice what the Bible said. He was made a little lower than the angels so that he could taste death for every man. He was made lower than the angels for the suffering of death. That's why God came as a man. The scripture said he took not upon him the nature of angels. He took upon him the seed of Abraham. Do you hear what I'm telling you? This is why he anointed Abraham so many years earlier and covenanted with him that I will bless your seed. Multiplying will I multiply. Blessing will I bless. I will bless them that bless you. I will curse them that curse you. He was preserving a seed so that in the process of time would give way to the fullness of time. And he would step into, hallelujah, he would step into this earth and he would take on the seed of Abraham. That's why Abraham was blessed. He wasn't simply blessed arbitrarily, hallelujah. He was blessed because God was preparing for himself a body. 
that he could step into. And he stepped into the seed of Abraham. He was made of a woman. Hallelujah. Nine months in the womb of a virgin who had never known a man. It was a miraculous birth. And he was made of a woman made under the law. <laughs> made under the what law? He was made under this law that man had allowed to enter into this earth. He did not break the law he subdued the law from within the law hallelujah he stepped down into everything man had created that was a disaster and said I will live the life you can't live I will overcome the sin you can't overcome I will resist the temptation you can't resist I will withstand, hallelujah, the allure that you cannot withstand. And as he did this, ladies and gentlemen, he overcame sin, went to the cross. When he went to the cross, he went to the cross as a spotless lamb. And as a spotless lamb, he was crucified, nailed, nailed to that old rugged cross. Hallelujah. Gave up the ghost, was buried in a borrowed tomb. But he was unlike any man that had ever been buried. He had power. Power over sin. Power over temptation. Power over sickness. He lived the life that gave him power. 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 Wonder working power. And he came up from the grave triumphant over the grave. Hallelujah. He showed himself alive to his disciples by many infallible proofs. Many undeniable proofs. He showed himself alive to his disciples. He had done something no man could do. He raised himself from the dead. My God have mercy. Oh, hallelujah. I wish I could preach it like I feel it. Hallelujah. Peter said God raised him from the dead. Paul said, if this spirit dwell in you, he shall quicken your mortal body. Just like he raised Christ from the dead, he'll raise you from the dead. So Peter said, the Father raised him from the dead. Paul said, the Holy Ghost raised him from the dead. Jesus said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. He was speaking of his body. Hallelujah. Peter said the Father did it. Paul said the Holy Ghost did it. Jesus said the Son did it. They're not in disagreement. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost is one. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. The Father became the Son. God became a man. He didn't send somebody else to do his dirty work. The Lord himself stepped down into this world. And became who we were supposed to to be we were always supposed to be that son of God who inherited the earth that son of God who had dominion and subdued all the earth we were always look at Jesus this is what the writer is saying I don't I don't see I don't see man operating in his dominion like he should I I see sadness and suffering and sickness but in the middle of this darkness I see a great shining light I see Jesus hallelujah I see Jesus we may not see it right now but we do see Jesus we might 
still see sickness and sadness and suffering. But we see Jesus. We might still see death. Hallelujah. And man given over to the affections and lusts of his flesh. But we see Jesus. He is the hope of glory. We see Jesus. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. We see Jesus. He is Zion's righteous governor. We see Jesus. He is the Lamb of God. That takes away the sins of the world. Hallelujah. Yeah. But pastor, they, there, there are people who have died. So many, so many have died of coronavirus. But we see Jesus. Yeah, but pastor, there's, there's so many times in history where there's been great war and so much bloodshed. But we see Jesus. Yeah, but, but pastor, there, there are so many people whose love is waxing cold and, and, and nation rising against nation. And, and there's tumult in our world. But we see Jesus. That's where we place our faith. That's where we place our hope. Hallelujah is in Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Matthew chapter 14 describes the awful beheading of John the Baptist. Herod had, had ordered the execution of John the Baptist. John the Baptist preached to Herod that he was in sin. It bothered Herodias because it was a terrible adultery they were living in. When Herodias' daughter danced for Herod and pleased him, he said, I'll give you whatever you want. She said, I want John the Baptist's head cut off. I want it in a charger. Herod had made a vow he now regretted. He knew he was going to be crossing a boundary, a line. And so he did have John the Baptist's head cut off. John the Baptist, the greatest prophet that ever lived, had his head taken off by this wicked king. That's, that's, that's not the way it's supposed to be. That's not the kind of world we want to live in. That's, that's, not a, that's not the world that God wants us to live in. The Bible says that when Jesus heard it, he went into a desert place to pray. Because, ladies and gentlemen, this was just an overwhelming sense of sadness. He went into a desert place to pray. When he got to the desert place to pray, there were 5,000 people who followed him. You know, it was, a, it was a terrifying bit of information that swept through the land that John the Baptist had been decapitated. There's something so sinister about that kind of behavior. And 5,000 people were seeking refuge. And they did what we must do. We must look to Jesus. They followed him into the desert place when he went to pray. And while he was in the desert place, he sees 5,000 people. And he sees that they haven't eaten. And he said, we're going to feed them. And somebody said, we don't have anything to feed them. He said, what do we do? What do we have? And they said, all we have is five loaves and a few fishes. Two, two fishes. He said, bring it to me. He blessed it. He broke it. He multiplied it. And he fed 5,000 people plus women and children. Now, I want, you, I want you to understand what he just did. He's in a world where prophets are getting their heads cut off. He's in a world where there's sadness and sickness and dying and crime. But he took bread and fish 
and he blessed it and he broke it and he multiplied it. He showed his dominion over the bread. He showed his dominion over the fish. He showed his dominion over hunger. Hallelujah. He said it doesn't matter. I know I know the kind of world that we're living in, but but I, but I have power over this. You see when everything around you looks sad and sick and dying, see Jesus. Look to Jesus. He has authority. He has dominion and he's going to restore all things oh hallelujah he went from there he went from that place into a mountain apart to pray and when he was going to the mountain he looked at his disciples and said I want you to go out into a boat and sail across the sea Get into a ship and sail across the sea. So they did. They got into a ship. They go across the sea. He goes into a mountain to pray. And while they're on the water, a great storm arose. They thought they would lose their life. And here comes Jesus walking on the water. Hallelujah. I said, here comes Jesus. What was he doing? Walking on the water in the middle of the storm. Yeah, there's a storm. Yeah, there's lightning. Yeah, there's thunder. Yeah, it feels like the ship is going to turn over. Yeah, we're wondering what's going to happen with the boat. Stop looking at the lightning. Stop listening to the thunder. Stop watching the winds and the waves. Stop looking around at the storm that's swirling. See Jesus. He's walking on the water. In the middle of the storm, Jesus is subduing the earth. In the middle of the storm, Jesus is over the fish of the sea. In the middle of the storm, Jesus is demonstrating what man was always supposed to be. In the middle of the storm, Jesus is showing us, hallelujah, you have authority. Some said, it's a ghost. Peter said, but what if it's Jesus? Now, I'm going to tell you something. We got to be careful in moments like this where it seems like there's a ghost around every corner. Seem like every day the headlines have another ghost popping out of the out of the page. Hallelujah. You know what? When you've got your eyes on Jesus, hallelujah, it might not be a ghost, might be a holy ghost. You hear what I'm saying? You let the Lord have his way. I choose to see Jesus. I choose to see Jesus in everything. Because he is in everything. He's over everything. He has subdued all things. Hallelujah. All things are subject unto him. Jesus is walking on the water. And, and Peter said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come. Jesus said, come. I don't know if Peter was happy or sad. Happy or scared. I don't know. But he got out of that boat. Glory to God. And he started doing something he didn't know he could do. He started walking on the water with Jesus. Peter, this is what you were always supposed to be. None of this was ever supposed to have any authority over you. All of this was supposed to be subject unto you. All of this was supposed to be under your feet. Walk on that water. Don't be afraid of the water. Walk on the water. All of this was supposed to be subject unto you. All of this was supposed to be under your feet. I, I understand we see not yet all things subject unto man. But we do see Jesus. 
And the hope we have in Jesus is that if we are in him, hallelujah, he is the head of all principality and power. All things are subject unto him. All things are under his feet. Every principality is under his feet. Every power is under his feet. Every sickness is under his feet. Every wickedness is under his feet. Every sin is under his feet. Hallelujah. Every spiritual wickedness, every ruler of darkness, all of it is under his feet. And when we are in him, we are complete in him. You know, here's the thing. This body that I'm living in is the temple of God. This is the temple of God. Glory to God. It is, it is consecrated unto the Lord. And I'm not going to do anything to mess it up. I'm not going to do anything to, 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 to somehow desecrate it. No, I'm going to dedicate it unto the Lord. I'm going to try to keep it as healthy as I can. I'm going to try to lift it, bless it. But, but don't misunderstand. I don't worship this thing. This temple is going to go down like every other temple has gone down. The temple of Solomon went down. And the second temple went down. And this temple is a body of death. Because it's a part of this fallen world. This body is going to go back to the dust from whence it came. Do you hear what I'm... This body. I'm talking about this body. It will be sown in dishonor. But when I put my faith in Jesus Christ, when I'm baptized in his name, filled with his spirit, this body shall be raised in honor. I'm going to... My God have mercy. I've got the authority that Jesus had. And I will come up from the grave because he came up from the grave. And I'm going to live in a body that will never die. Oh, hallelujah. My God, it's not a fairy tale. I wonder if you could praise him right now like you believe it. It's not a fairy tale. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know what I've noticed? You know what I've noticed? I've noticed that the people who don't believe it are the people who don't pray. And the people who do believe it are the people who pray. You want to know why? Because the people who pray taste it. They see it. They feel it. They hear it. They enter into a heavenly place in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And they begin to taste of the powers of the world to come. And they begin to feel themselves walking on the water. They begin to feel themselves with principalities under their feet. Yeah, this may be a natural body. Yeah, this body of death might be sown in dishonor. Yes, this corruptible will go down into the earth. But it will become incorruptible at the last trump. When the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law but thanks be to God hallelujah who had given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ what do I do pastor what do I do here's what you do you're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset you hallelujah run this race this race this race run this race with patience that is set before you looking unto Jesus he's the author 
He's the author. The way it was supposed to originally be, he's the author. He gave man, hallelujah, dominion at the beginning. He's the author. And he's the finisher. Because it's going to come right back to the place where man will have all things under his feet. Hallelujah. As sons of God. My God, have mercy. Y'all, you know what? I think I'm just going to serve God for the rest of my days. I think I'm going to live for Him all the day. I think I'm going to lay aside every weight and sin, all this foolishness of this world. I don't need it. I don't want it. I refuse to be subject unto this world. I want God to give me authority over every enemy that would come against me. No, in the name of Jesus, the devil is subdued. In the name of Jesus, cancer is subdued. In the name of Jesus, doubt is subdued. In the name of Jesus, fear is subdued in the name of Jesus you hear what I'm telling you false doctrine is subdued hallelujah hallelujah depression is subdued chemical addiction is subdued alcoholism is subdued pornography is subdued lust of the flesh lust of the eyes the pride of life it's subdued in the name of Jesus Christ Woo! hallelujah come on lift your hands lift your voice and give God the praise. We see Jesus. Come on, all across this house. As our musicians come, all across this house, just lift up your hands unto the Lord. Stand with me. Magnify His name. Glorify His name. Give Him praise. Give Him praise. Worship Him, for He is worthy. Worship Him, for He is worthy. Hallelujah. Worship Him, for He is worthy hallelujah 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 glory 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 hallelujah 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 oh blessed be the name of the lord Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The scripture says, the scripture says that he was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. He was made lower than the angels. He took not upon him the nature of angels. He took upon him the seed of Abraham so that he could die. The death you and I were supposed to die. And, 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 and fulfill the law. He was able to overcome the law of sin and death. On our behalf. Ah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. But though he was made a little lower than the angels. He was given a name. Much better than the angels. His name is great. His name is greater than any name you've ever known. There is no name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved except the name of Jesus Christ. There is no name that has an advantage on His name. His name is above every name. His name, Jesus it's above coronavirus. His name Jesus is above violence. 
His name Jesus. His name Jesus is above fear. It's above addiction. My God have mercy. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. When I tell you to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm telling you to run into the strong tower. And you'll be safe. You'll be safe. His name. Oh, I feel his presence in this house. I wonder if there's somebody that loves him. Could you lift up his name? I need somebody who he's given authority to and you feel it. I need the saints of God to praise him right now. I need the saints of God to magnify him. Come on, I need the saints of God to give him glory. Hallelujah. And I rebuke every devil that's trying to tell you you're bound. In the name of Jesus, the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. He's under your feet. He's an accuser of the brethren. But God cannot lie. Put your faith in the truth of God right now in the name of Jesus. I'm opening these altars for those who want to come as we sing unto the name of the Lord. Come on, all across this house. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, in the name of Jesus, let the Lord have his way. Let the Lord have his way in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Come on. That's it. God bless you in the name of the Lord. If you want to stand where you are, just lift up your hands right now all across this building and let the Lord begin to minister to you in Jesus' name. Come on. That's it. Look to Jesus. <laughs> Look unto Jesus. Uh -huh.